Welcome to the Wild Menopause Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Shepard, certified holistic sexuality coach with a specialty in the Taoist jade egg practice. I run an online transformational program for women navigating midlife, menopause, and beyond who want to rebirth their lives by reclaiming their sensual pleasure and tapping in to the power of their sexual energy. You see, your sexual energy is not just about sex. It's the foundation of everything. And from the Taoist perspective, midlife and menopause is called second spring, a spiritual and sexual rebirth where a woman realigns with her deepest desires and reinvents herself from the inside out. Learn more about my program, Second Spring Queen, with the link in the show notes. All right, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the show. Hey there, welcome back to the show. As always, such a pleasure to have you here and such an honor. I really appreciate that you tune in and spend some time with me. So welcome back. Yes, I did not even record a podcast episode last week. I don't know if you've noticed, things got pretty busy for me. I was in high gear. Um, when I get into creation mode, I turn into a bit of a mad scientist. I don't know if you can relate to that, but I was doing a lot of work expanding and refining um, the online program that I run for women called Second Spring Queen. It was formerly named Sacred Pleasure, which I love that name as well, but I really wanted to make the shift to be more reflective of what it is becoming and the women who are drawn to it because it really is a transformational container, a transformational program that really focuses on women at midlife, menopause, and beyond, and really designed to give you the tools and support that you need to get a deeper relationship and embodiment of your sensuality so that you can start to really receive more pleasure, experience more pleasure in your life and in your body, because pleasure is the ultimate holistic tonic, in my opinion. And not only that, it is the direct line to the sacred feminine within you, where you get to access all this wisdom and um, a lot to do with purpose, a lot to do with our mission. A lot of information becomes available when we really embody our sensual pleasure and really experience it as a practice, as a yoga practice. I know you've heard me say that a lot, but it's true. It's, it's a practice. And so this container, Second Spring Queen, um, is all about that. And I'm sure you heard me say in the intro, you probably heard me say this in other places as well, that from the Taoist perspective, you know, menopause and midlife are called Second Spring. And it really is to consider to be a rebirth for women, an opportunity to rebirth, not only spiritually, but also sexually. And the two are intertwined from the Taoist perspective, which is one of the main reasons why I love the perspective so much. And um, the jade egg practice, which is one of the key practices we focus on, of course, comes from the Taoist tradition. And it really is, you know, focused on healing our femme core so we can reclaim our pleasure and uh, basically rock 
our third chapter like a queen. So hence the name Second Spring Queen. I just wanted to unpack that for you a little bit more and um, just really excited about it. As far as I know, I don't think there is anything, I've never seen anything out, out there like it in terms of really honing in on the Second Spring Queen part of it and specifically bringing in practices, you know, on the mat practices, the tools to really support you in that and through that lens of rebirthing your life. And I found this is really born out of my own healing journey, right? I really, I went through menopause at age 40. That whole, um, the whole journey was right, right around 40, 41. And um, yeah, I was really tanked. And this is how I ended up discovering the world of pleasure was from that place of feeling really depleted and um, feeling like I lost the plot of my life and feeling like I was being put out to pasture, becoming invisible, all those things, uh, low libido. And so many of those things I hear women talk about, like when they hit menopause and, and midlife. And what I found to be true is that if we find the right yoga, the right practices, we can absolutely rebirth our lives. And of course, there's healing work to be done. It's a practice. And there's a lot of emotional work to be done. I know I've spoken about that in, you know, previous episodes, but I get pretty excited about talking about this. You could tell. <laughs> so yeah, one of the things I, I added or expanded was to, um, really focus more on the, the pleasure mindset, how to cultivate a pleasure mindset, because this is really important. And this is where we can really trip ourselves up and it's a lifelong ongoing thing. So in this episode, I'll just talk about that a bit, cultivating a pleasure mindset and why it's so important if we really want to, you know, reclaim our power in this way. And there are many reasons why we are shut down to pleasure, shut down to sensuality, why we resist pleasure, why it just feels almost impossible to choose it. I really want to normalize that, you know, really, because it's so not your fault. <laughs> this is like the, the soup we've been swimming in. And it comes from a culture that really embraces this kind of, um, kind of a punishment ethos, if you will, or, you know, a punitive approach to, um, altering people's behavior. Say it happens when we're a kid, you get, um, you know, punished physically or emotionally, mentally, you know, a as a way of trying to change your behavior, right? And so many of us were raised in that way. And even if we had great parents and, and, you know, pretty happy childhoods, that was, that's still there. You know, it's, it's, um, something I think as, as we evolve as humans, I, I'm hoping that a lot of us are working on healing that because I think it is, the root cause of so much suffering. You know, I mean, I could go on about this, how it infiltrates systems and things like that, right? I don't have to tell you, but it, <clears throat> it's really toxic. And um, it really puts us in a place of disempowerment. It cuts us off from the wisdom of our bodies and souls, really. I mean, that's a strong statement, but it does. When we shut down our, our sensuality, when we cut off from pleasure, we, we, we cut off from what, what keeps us vital and alive and vibrant, inspired, and really on our path, honestly, right? Getting the downloads that we deserve to, <laughs> that we need to really live the life we came here to live, to really do what we came here to do and allow it to feel good, having a damn good time along the way. I think we've all been fed this really toxic model of you need to work your ass off to 
to achieve something, right? And it's not going to feel pleasurable and you should deny yourself pleasure <laughs> in order to achieve. And there are times when I guess, you know, that is for sure necessary. And yet, as I said earlier, pleasure is the ultimate holistic tonic. And if we start to really get that, and it takes practice, this is why the mindset thing, this is yoga, the mindset thing is huge. And if we could start to shift our paradigm, and then you start to gather evidence, you know, in your own life, and your body, that uh, this is a good thing to do, then you start to build power, you start to build power here. It's, it really is, my work is very much about building power and resiliency, so that you can take back the reins <laughs> on your body and how you want to feel, right? And really live a desire-based life. So the mindset is huge. And um, this is something I still work on all the time. Because let's face it, we, you know, you might say, oh yeah, I want to do say a jade egg practice. This happens all the time, you know, clients and, and for myself sometimes occasionally, if I say, if I haven't been taking care of myself on the level that I, I normally know I should, um, then I'm more likely to resist pleasure and not choose it and say, okay, I'm going to do my jade egg practice this morning. And boom, all of these, what I call myths that block our pleasure can come flying up to the surface. And I'll just talk about a few of them here. One is that um, pleasure and sensuality is frivolous. That's a huge one. And it almost seems benign, but it's, it's one that can really derail you. So pleasure is frivolous, right? If you get those thoughts and we all get them like, oh, I need to, there's something more important I need to do. You know, like, I don't know, sort my socks or something. <laughs> no, but like sometimes there, there is stuff, work stuff you have to do or house stuff you have to do. All of those things, we all have to do stuff. And yet when we continuously habitually deny our sensual pleasure and just you know, say, oh, I will get the goods, like, I'll, I'll enjoy myself or have the pleasure after I do da-da-da-da. Well, guess what? The da-da-da-da never ends. It keeps going and going and going, right? And then you get tanked. I mean, that's the way I was living my life for so many years. <laughs> and we can't um, live that way if we want to thrive, especially in the third chapter. And this is why I think it, menopause especially, perimenopause, menopause, the whole journey, these emotions come screaming to the surface of like, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm not okay with this. Like a lot of objection comes up for a lot of women, right? And I really do feel it's our our sacred feminine wisdom, our wild feminine, really, you know, kicking up some dust, I like to say, and saying, hey, wait a minute, um, we're on the wrong track here, right? And pleasure, again, thinking that pleasure is frivolous, that you shouldn't be in your body when you're living your life, that's kind of a crazy notion when you think about it, right? We have five senses. <laughs> Most of us have five senses. And it's like, these senses are here for a reason, right? So this is, we came here for an embodied experience. And um, it's just conditioning that pulls us off of that. And this kind of delayed gratification thing that many of us have been um, conditioned into believing and embodying it's just really unhealthy and it can lead to all kinds of addiction behaviors too, right? Deny yourself long enough and then you can just, you know, tip overboard into something that's unhealthy for you, right? So frivolous. Yeah, it's not frivolous. <laughs> you being in your body, you doing practices that deepen your connection to your sensuality, that really provide you a space to do some emotional healing around this. There's nothing frivolous about that. And in fact, when we push it aside 
and don't give ourselves that kind of sacred space, that kind of practice, we just get back on that hamster wheel and, you know, run ourselves ragged. That, at least that's been my experience. So that's one of the big ones that pops up for a lot of people, including myself. I catch it. And the, the fun thing is like, when you start to catch it, it becomes almost a game. You know, you see it, it's like, oh, oh yeah, there's that myth, you know? And you can start to bust it yourself by just gathering experiences in that are the opposite, that pleasure fuels you and feels good. And that's, again, what my work is all about. When we go into the, even the free session, pleasure activation session, it's all about connecting to that part of you that knows and values pleasure, knows it's important, you know, part of your sacred feminine wisdom, in my opinion. So another myth that pops up a lot for every woman I know, and including myself sometimes, is that sensuality is a weakness, that it makes us weak. And I've gathered a lot of evidence in my own life to really make that very loud and clear that is untrue. (laughs) I know I've mentioned these before in previous podcast episodes, but I, I think we all need to hear this again and again and again, mindset. So yes, pleasure is a weakness. Oh my gosh. No, (laughs) pushing ourselves to beyond the point where we don't have pleasure, where we're just, you know, striving all the time, that makes us weak. That makes us vulnerable to all kinds of diseases. And when we are running on stress, and stress is is really addictive, right? The chemicals of stress, cortisol and and others, um, it's... it's like, you've probably seen this in your own life. I know I do. Say if I just did something stressful, sometimes I'll look for another stressful thing to do right away. Just catch yourself if you do that. When I catch myself doing that, I just crack up because I'm like, oh my God, it's the stress addiction, you know? And it's like, what am I trying to prove? What am I? I don't know. Anyway, the opposite is true. Like sensuality, your pleasure, your sensuality, it um, makes you strong, right? This is the way we can take back the reins of our life in in terms of stress. Because when you are in your sensual pleasure and you're experiencing pleasure, you can really care for yourself, your nervous system. This will take you out of freeze, fight, or flight and into a place where you are more resilient, you are present, you're available for connection, you're available to receive pleasure, you can connect to nature, you can digest your food. I mean, it goes on and on. So this weird um, fallacy, really, of that, like some somehow when we're, we're in stress mode, we, we're strong, we're tough, we're badass, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's untrue. We're, we're weak when we're there because we don't have the sustainable life force energy running through us in a way that really, truly supports us. And you know, I just want to normalize the the stress addiction. We all have it, I think, to some degree. It's just uh, the world we live in. But um, we can absolutely take back our power through our sensuality and through our pleasure. And yet we have to really make it a conscious decision. So another myth that pops up, of course, is that sensuality is dangerous. And I really want to normalize this because many of us have had experiences where that is true, right? It's been true. And yet the way to heal is to start to titrate pleasure in ways that slowly nourish us back to trusting, trusting our sensuality again, 
So again, this is a process and it's really important to get support on this, especially if you have never sought therapy and you've had, you know, really maybe violent experiences around your sensuality, sexuality, you should definitely um, go to a qualified therapist. It would be a great first step before hopping into something like the jade egg practice. I mean, the jade egg practice and what I, what I provide is like I'm a trauma informed coach, but I am not a trauma expert or a therapist. So it's great. I always steer women towards that if they have had, um, you know, an assault of some sort, definitely get, get the right help. And then, you know, this could be a wonderful addition to that down the road. But um, over time, you know, I know I've, I had this programming so deep that my sensuality is dangerous. Over time, little by little, you start to build trust in it again, right? And it takes practice. Again, it's a yoga, right? Just keep, we keep on practicing and gathering evidence really in your body that, oh yeah, this feels actually safer. One of my teachers always says, Aminka Devash, she's one of the um, senior teachers for the jade egg practice, but she always says, your radiance is your best protection. And that it takes time to prove that to yourself. But I've come to, to know that is true in my bones. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a visceral experience for sure. And of course, a lot of people have the narrative that our sensuality is shameful. And again, I want to normalize that right? <laughs> there's, there's reason why we, all of these myths are there because, um, we needed to protect ourselves. We needed to shut down to, to feel safe. And it really totally 100% makes sense. And yet these are the things that'll come up and really block us from what we truly want. If we, if we want this, right? So, um, our sensuality is shameful. This is a big one. And, um, I mean, I was raised Irish Catholic, <laughs> so much shame around sexuality and women. Oh my God. But what I found to be true for me, what, what's been so powerful is the mindset around this. Yes. But also the physical practices, like moving one specific one that's really powerful is working with the tailbone and getting some movement in your tailbone can really help to start to liberate shame in such a powerful way. I'll make sure I link a meditation for you guys in the show notes. You may have heard it before, but just starting to move your tailbone, you start to kick shame to the curb <laughs> and replace it with pleasure and embodied pleasure, right? Which is so, so good for you. So yeah, that, that's part of the mindset of just really getting acquainted with these myths and starting to notice them, not make yourself wrong. That's really key. I don't want you to be shaming yourself, making yourself wrong for having any of these come up. These are so deeply ingrained. We just start to cultivate, cultivate or generate an awareness when these pop up for yourself and just noticing, maybe journal on it. Things like that can be super helpful. So this is why I added a whole segment of pleasure mindset to my program, because this is something that we need to, you know, go back to again and again and reconnect with that part of us that knows pleasure is sacred, like, right? Knows it's a superpower, knows that it's our birthright. And I like to call that part of us that already knows pleasure, knows how valuable it is, knows how essential sensuality is to us thriving. I call that our inner pleasure queen. And really connecting to this part of you is really the first step 
in, in, in working with me and how I really design the work I do with women. And it's also something that we come back to again and again, uh, to reconnect with that part of you. And she is the way to navigate through these myths. And really, when we start to connect with this part of you and all the practices I teach are really designed to help you anchor into this power and really build power here to make that part of you stronger, more vibrant, more online, and more in the driver's seat, really. So um, it's something that you know we start out with in, in the free Pleasure Queen activation session. And then when you're in the program with me, if you decide to work with me, that is something that um, I would refer you back to again and again, you know, who is that part of you? And when we start to really embody that, and make our decisions from there. It's a game changer. All right. So that's it for this episode. And um, again, thanks so much for being here. I just um, really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you're resonating with what I'm saying here on the show and you want to learn more, you want to go deeper, you want to know if my work is the right fit for you, set up a free Pleasure Queen activation session. There I'll share with you a body-based practice to connect with your inner Pleasure Queen and you'll know if this is a good fit or not. The link for that is in the show notes. And if you have a woman or women in your life that would benefit from what I'm sharing here on the show, please share the love and pass it along. All right, that's all for now. I'll catch you next time. Take care.